Welcome to the Jesus Never Ran podcast, where we look at slowing down our lives so we can focus on things that truly matter. I'm your host, Matt Kinzera. Let's take a walk. Getting it out there is so painful and awesome and lovely and, oh, when my burn burned down, Paradise of California burned down. So who am I to sit here and complain about my lot in life? There comes a point in time where you just have to milk the damn goat. That's the lion, that's the lion, that's the lion. That's it, man. That's it, bro. As we try to make a difference in this world and as we make time for ourselves, it's really important to spend some time relaxing. And if you're from where I'm from, up north, sometimes winter gets long. And so it's important to spend some time with the people that you care about, your family, your friends, your loved ones. What better way to do that than around a fireplace with one of your favorite cocktails from Infinity Beverages. They've got so many great cocktails for every season, including the winter. Check them out at infinitybeverages.com. And here's the amazing thing. You can hop on their website and they will deliver it right to your door. Check out Infinity Beverages at infinitybeverages.com. Proud sponsors of the Jesus Never Ran podcast. In our hurried American culture, we are constantly tempted to find both the fastest and the most efficient way of doing things. Now, the problem with this is that anytime we do it, we rob ourselves of the experience of fully experiencing whatever that thing is. Now, let me give you an example. You will not get the same quality of experience and the same quality of food at a fast food restaurant as you will at a five-star restaurant. That goes without saying. Another example is you won't get the same experience and arguably even the quality of workout on a treadmill as you will if you just go out and go for a run. That does not mean that these things are inherently bad. And so I don't want you to hear that. I'm just saying that you won't get the fullness of the experience if you cut corners. Now, fast food restaurants can be a necessary evil sometimes. If you are in a hurry or if you're traveling, it's better to eat something than nothing, right? You don't always have the opportunity to go to a sit-down restaurant. I understand that. And I live in Wisconsin, and so believe me when I say I know that sometimes a treadmill is the best option because it could even be dangerous if you go outside and try to run when things are icy and snowy. So they're not necessarily bad things. They're just not the best things. And I know that in my life, I want to experience the best that this life has to offer me. And I want the experience to be the best that it possibly can be. And so over these next few weeks, we're going to look at this idea, this fast food treadmill idea, and we're going to apply it to some really important areas of our lives. When we talk about fast food or exercise, it's really not a life or death, change the quality of your life type of experience. I don't think somebody could argue with me on that. But I want to take the same idea and apply it to spaces in life that I do believe will radically affect the way that we experience our life. The first one is faith. The second one is relationships. And the third one is with our careers. We are going to miss out on the fullness of our faith, 
relationships and careers if we take an approach of what is the fastest and most efficient way of going after them. So for the next three weeks, we are going to tackle one of those. So this week, we're going to talk about faith. Next week, we're going to talk about relationships. And then the week after that, we'll talk about career. And when we talk about these areas, we're going to attempt to encourage all of us to take the time so that we can fully experience the fullness of what that thing has to offer. We want to be able to take it all in. And the whole point is if we rush through this life, we won't get all of it. And so if we slow down, we can really take all of it in and we can experience the fullness of whatever it has to offer. So again, today we start with faith. Now, before we jump into this discussion of faith and how if we go too fast and we try to be too efficient with our faith, we're going to run into problems. Before we start this, it's really important that I put out this disclaimer. Because of the topic of faith and religion, you may be tempted to listen to this podcast episode as if it's a theological discussion. And I need to tell you that it's not. If you take that perspective, you're going to have what I would call a grand adventure in missing the point. So you may hear things where I will share something that may pique your interest and say, well, I'm not sure if I believe that way. Or you may hear something and say, well, what is he saying there? Because that seems to contradict what I think. Doesn't matter. Not the point of the conversation. We all can have our different theological takes on things and our different belief systems and things. That's not the point of this discussion. So weave through all that. I don't want to hear any comments about how you disagree with my theological beliefs. Honestly, for the sake of this podcast, I'm not really concerned with that. So don't use this episode to think of what you believe. Instead, use this episode to think about how you believe. All right, let's get a little bit more practical here. Let's first break down this idea of what versus how. So if we look at the Christian faith and we look at the Bible, for example, it would be really easy to look at the Bible and say, well, we have to believe these things. Or the, the constant term that we hear regarding the Bible is that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. That is what you will hear in the vast majority of evangelical circles and churches today. You may be interested to know that throughout the history of Christianity, that was not always the thought. That is a bit of a more modern thought to take on the Bible. Now, just because it's a modern thought doesn't mean that it's right. And at the end of the day, the simplest way to put this is a bunch of guys got in a room and decided that the Bible was the inerrant word of God. And they decided what books should be in the Bible and what books shouldn't be in the Bible. And all of that, if you really think about it, doesn't really give us the firm foundation that we're looking for. But it is easy and it is fast and it is efficient. A better way to look at the Bible is to deal with all of it and to look at the things that look like discrepancies, to look at the things that seem to be blatant contradictions, and to sit with them 
and to digest them and try to understand what that means for us. A great example and something that I've struggled with over the years is that I look at Jesus and Jesus is supposed to define what God looks like, right? God in flesh, people call him. So if that is true, Jesus is all loving, right? He shows this love. He's unbelievable in the way that he does that. Yet we look at the Old Testament and we see God represented through violence and wrath. All right. Those seem to contradict one another. Does that mean that both can't be true? I don't know. But what we need to do to honor God and to honor our faith is to sit with that, to let that marinate, to try to figure out what that means for us, as opposed to just taking some cookie cutter answer on what that means. That's just one example of a zillion. You could take the idea of salvation. We have taken Christianity and put it into this idea where one plus one equals two. You say the right things and then you are a Christian. That is efficient. That is fast. But it's never what Jesus said. You can look at it for yourself. Read all the words that Jesus says in the Bible and you will struggle to make that fit into his commentary. Another one, this idea of heaven or hell. The easy, efficient way is to say you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out. That's never what Jesus said. That's never what Jesus stood for. It's hard to even find that narrative in the entirety of the Bible. And it's got us into a ton of trouble over the years. So that's just another way where we need to take the time to, to sit with that. We need to take the time to think about that. We need to take the time to read about what Jesus said about it as opposed to just taking a quick, efficient answer. Another thought is church. Church is such a quick and efficient way to feel good about how we are engaging with God. Hey, if I go to church on Sunday, I feel good about myself. If I miss church, I feel guilty, <laughs> right? It's a, you do something, you feel good. You don't do something, you don't feel good. In the same way that I work out in the morning, so I feel good about myself. Oh, I missed my workout this morning. I don't feel so good. Again, Jesus didn't go around trying to organize church services. This is this human-made thing that, in my mind at least, is for the sake of efficiency and speed. And again, it's a problem. So I'm just... Man, I am just glazing over these things. So again, don't hear this as a theological discussion. Hear it as a discussion of, okay, if I really want to experience the fullness of my faith, I'm going to have to take some time to digest all of these things. I'm going to need to take some time to figure out what I believe, what I think, as opposed to what somebody told me I'm supposed to think, because those may be two separate things. So take the time. Don't accept the fast and efficient way of faith. So if we take this easy, fast, and efficient way of faith, we get into trouble really fast. The way we get into our trouble is we turn our faith into a transaction as opposed to an experience or a way of life. Here's what I mean by that. If we look at some of the things we already talked about, for example, the Bible, we look at the Bible, we take a fast and efficient approach and we say it's without error. It's the word of God. There's no other words of God, just what's in there. And we say what's in there matters. What's not in there doesn't matter as much. If we take that approach, 
then we start using that Bible as a transactional tool. So we start saying, okay, that is what that says there. So I'm going to believe that as the absolute truth, even if it seems to contradict it over here, but I'm just going to grab that, use it for my benefit or use it for my belief system. And because it's in there, I'm going to use that. In the history of our country, the place where I would argue maybe that's been used in the worst possible way is with slavery. The Bible was used to defend slavery because they took the approach of it's in there because slavery is absolutely in the Bible and it would be easy to look at certain passages in the Bible and think that they condone slavery. So that's a perfect example. Whereas if you take that and learn from Jesus and learn from what the Bible has to say about the way of living life, there's no way that you could justify slavery with that. So that's a perfect example of what a transaction can look like. Well, I believe that the Bible says this and the Bible would never be wrong. And so this seems to benefit me. So I'm going to use this verse and this verse to back up what I'm trying to do, even if it was horrifically hurting other people. The other space that we've really gotten ourselves into trouble is with the idea of salvation and heaven and hell. There couldn't be more of a transaction idea behind our faith. You say this prayer, and if you say it, you're in. If you don't say it, you're out. You believe this way. If you believe this way, you're in. If you don't believe this way, you're out. I mean, I could go on and on and on of the problems this has caused throughout our history and the problems that it is currently causing because then we become these defenders. We become these people who we, we believe that we understand what the transaction is supposed to be like, and we start telling people who's in and who's out. And that was never a right that was given to us. And it's not something that I think if we're really honest with ourselves, I don't think it's something that any of us even really want. But as soon as we start telling people who's in and who's out, we create so much room for hurt. And again, if we read it that way, we're going to have problems because we're just creating a transaction as opposed to learning how to live, which again, takes time. It takes your entire lifetime and it's not easy and it's not meant to be easy and then finally we could even look at the the idea of church you go to church you're good you don't go to church you're not good I mean at this point in my life I don't go to church regularly and sometimes when I'll have conversations with people I'll feel guilty about it but then at the end of the day that doesn't mean anything about my faith me going to church doesn't equal how good or how strong my faith or belief in God is. It doesn't have really anything to do with it. Sometimes church can be the most life-giving thing in the world. Sometimes it's the thing that we need to stay away from just depending on what we're going through and what we feel like God is doing in our lives. And so this is, I would argue, the crux of the issue. If we look at the what to believe versus how to believe, we turn our faith into something that is transactional versus experiential. And then we have huge problems and then we can create huge hurt. This brings me to my final point, which is simply this. If we do what versus how, when we create a transaction, then we also create a contradiction. What I mean by this is that when Jesus was here on earth, the people that he spoke most harshly against were the overly religious people. Pretty much 
everybody else he spoke to, he was so full of grace and love and beauty towards. But when people would be overly religious, tell people who's in and who's out, tell people what they were supposed to do in the name of religion, that got Jesus riled up. But honestly, we look at those stories of the Pharisees and the Sadducees from when Jesus was around, and we look at some of our current situations, and I'm not going to name any for the sake of not <laughs> lighting off a rocket in your mind or heart, but if we look at some of these situations, it's so easy to see that we are in the same place as we were when Jesus walked on this earth. And so we've spent 2,000 years trying to live more like Jesus only to create a contradiction to where we end up living more like the Pharisees and the religious leaders. That's, of course, if we choose to live in the what instead of the how. So the answer is not that there is a perfect answer. Because that's the easy thing, right? If I were just to share on this podcast, here's the right way to believe, here's the thing you need to do, here's your answer, that's easy, that's efficient, that's one plus one equals two, but that is not how to fully experience your faith. The only way that we can truly fully experience the great abyss and the firm foundation that God has to offer is if we take the time and if we slow down and we allow ourselves to enjoy the lifelong process of trying to unfold our faith. And if we discuss it with other people and allow ourselves to experience that, whatever that means to you to experience your faith, give yourself the time to do it. And finally, as I've said so many times in this podcast, focus less on what to believe and more on how to believe. If you do, if you do that one thing, your faith will not be marked by judgment or hatred, but by love, by grace, and by purpose. It has been great to be with you as always. The best way you can help this podcast and support Jesus Never Ran is by subscribing to it, by rating it, and by writing a comment. It's just a great way to get this podcast in front of as many people as possible so that the stories that we hear will inspire other people to start living their story so that people who encounter Jesus Never Ran will start to slow down enough to discover who it is that God is calling them to be. Just a reminder that taking care of ourselves is one of the best ways to ensure we can take care of others and our world. Getting the right nutrition is, get this, 80% of your wellness journey. But with busy lives, who has time for a lot of meal planning and prep? And honestly, how do we even know what great nutrition is with all the conflicting information out there? Well, that's where Angie Niska and her team of wellness coaches at Rise Nutrition can help. Now, Rise is an Herbalife Nutrition Club, a place to get a delicious, healthy shake on the go, and I've had them, and they are delicious indeed. It's actually hard to believe that it's good for you. You can also work with a coach to customize a program and take products home no matter where you live. Find Rise Nutrition on Facebook.com slash Rise Menominee. That's Rise with a Z. And you can get all of their info and latest special flavors. And if you're in the Menominee area, stop by to taste it for yourself. To connect, just message them on Facebook or contact Angie at 715-308-0198 and take a step on your wellness journey. After all, 
Our body is the house God gave us, and it's our job to take care of it. 